Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Ryan Murphy. He's the Senior Director of State and Electoral Campaigns at Save the Children Action Network. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So Ryan, why don't you start telling me a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you for, I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm Ryan Murphy. I'm the Senior Director of State and Electoral Campaigns for Save the Children Action Network, the political advocacy arm for the internationally acclaimed non-government organization, Save the Children. At Save the Children Action Network, also known as SCAN, we focus on advancing policies that help kids survive and thrive, working to advance, uh, working with advocates to advance policies and engage elected officials from city council to the White House to make sure kids are a priority. Ultimately, we strive to be what AARP is for older folks, for young kids. I've been with SCAN since 2016, but I've been working uh, on social justice issues and managing electoral campaigns uh, for 15 years now, and really excited to continue this work uh, with SCAN. That's really fascinating. It sounds like, you know, you've had a bit of a journey kind of getting to SCAN. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about, you know, about SCAN and how, how SCAN got started? Sure. Yeah. So um, as the political advocacy arm of Save the Children, um, Save the Children is a hundred year old organization started uh, post-World War One in response to the humanitarian needs of kids um, who were orphaned and, and harmed uh, through that war. And today, um, the organization, 100 years later, is working in over 100 countries, doing whatever it takes in times of crisis and need to help kids have a healthy start to life, opportunities to learn, and protect them from harm. Last year alone, we served 183 million children, including 800,000 here in the U.S. And uh, my organization is the sister organization for, for Save the Children. Uh, we work to make sure that issues that impact kids are for front and center for elected officials. Um, we were founded with the belief that direct service, while direct service is essential, in order to change the status quo, it requires political engagement. And over the last nine years, since we were created in 2014, we have grown to have hundreds of thousands of children advocates working with us across the country and have three main constituency programs, one for students, so high school and college students can learn how to advocate and to affect, affect change. Uh, one for our volunteer leader program, which is for adult individuals who commit to a two-year commitment with our organization, and we help them grow and develop, and they manage and lead campaigns in their local communities. And then most recently, our, our family engagement program, which we launched two years ago, and it allows for parents and caregivers with lived experience dealing with early learning and child nutrition programs to share their lived their their stories and their expertise with elected officials to inspire change. So it sounds like there's kind of three different avenues for how, you know, SCAN is able to support, you know, giving giving children these voice. So do you want to kind of break down each one of those pieces and maybe start with the the advocacy piece and kind of talk to me a little bit about what that the advocacy in high school, what that looks like and kind of the, the process of that? Yeah. Um, so we know that in high school and college, people, young people are finding themselves. Um, it's also when they're most passionate and optimistic. Uh, so what we realize is giving these, these young youth uh, tools and opportunities to 
speak up on behalf of issues that are impacting possibly their siblings or sharing their stories not that many years before of how they benefited from having access to Head Start or free school meals is allows them to see that they have power and give them opportunity to bring about change. We also know that with the issues that we work on, there's a lot of intersectionality. So if you learn how to speak and, and advocate on issues dealing with education um, or child nutrition, they're better equipped in knowing how to use those tools on other issues or concerns that are impacting them or their community. So it's it's really great to see these, these young um, high school and college students really blossom and find themselves. And it's led to some of them choosing a career path um, that will be doing direct service or advocacy work, um, or some of them uh, seeking and thinking about running for office later in life. So it's, it's really awesome to, to have that opportunity to provide them skills and, and, and chances to, to learn things um, at such a pivotal moment in their lives. And I, you know, I think that's a really interesting point because that is a very impactful age where like you said people are very, you know, optimistic. They're, you know, finding themselves and, you know, giving them the tools to, you know, communicate in a way that's not necessarily just over, you know, Snapchat or things like that, I imagine is is huge for <laughs> huge for for, for that generation. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So that kind of takes us to the the second tenant of SCAN talking about the volunteer leader program. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, so this is uh, an opportunity that's open and available to anyone. Um, we have uh, a lot of people who come who are associated with the field that we work in. So they might be uh, a pediatrician or a preschool teacher, a librarian, but then also individuals who understand and share our values uh, of wanting to help kids have uh, fair equal opportunities. So grandparents and, and people or aunts and nephews, um, aunts and uncles uh, who just see and know of a kid in their lives um, or have experience that, that they remember growing up and wanting to, to know how to, to bring about change. Mm -hmm. So right now we have um, volunteer leaders uh, throughout the country. And what we do is we know that they're investing in us giving about five to 10 hours a month to to advocate and we want to build them up and so we provide special trainings and resources um, bring them to washington dc to meet with elected officials coordinate for them to testify and meet with um, lawmakers in their states um, and they've had direct impact on legislation being introduced legislation passing um, making sure that ballot measures are uh, in ballots measures move forward and and are advanced so it's been remarkable to see uh these individuals as well who are in a different phase of their life mm -hmm. um really inspire change and uh it's also led to some of them changing their career paths or or being able to gain new skill sets that can can not only help an issue they care about but then also um improve their their career opportunities and prospects in the future Wow, that's fantastic. And, you know, very much needed is in addition to, you know, the advocacy program. So like you said, kind of taking a different, you know, maybe different age group and, you know, tailoring their reach in a, in a different way, I imagine is, is super impactful. So that kind of takes us to that, that next, that third piece, which is the family engagement. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So overall, this is a, a big tent movement and all are welcomed, but my main focus right now has been on, uh, 
creating avenues and opportunities to elevate the voices and, per and perspectives of those historically marginalized communities, um, especially those who are benefiting from or ought to benefit from uh, publicly funded services, but might not be able to because there's no services provided in their community or they're just right above that, that threshold but are still living in extreme poverty. Mm -hmm. um, so, so the families that we're working with, um, many of them are, are parents who might have multiple jobs or work irregular hours. Um, all of them face different hardships um, due to just the life and dealing with poverty. And our work with the family engagement, we really tailor it to support families in rural communities. So in addition to the hardships that, that people may face um, in poverty, uh, these communities also have a lack of transportation, a lack of food access, and even utilities might be not be readily available. Um, so our mission is to really meet people where they are, um, to, to tailor our approach for the individual, um, to limit barriers to participation, for example, providing childcare stipends and food assistance, whatever is needed. Um, to uh, help them in seeing and understanding that they have power and then giving them opportunities in which to, to use their story to inspire change um, by, with the general public as well as elected officials. Yeah. And why do you think the work that the, the, that SCAN is doing is so impactful on, on these families? Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's impactful because for too long, uh, well, just in general, in the United States, we are becoming uh, politically polarized, and people, regardless of where they sit on the on the political spectrum, believe that the system's not working for them. And for many people, they have a, a valid uh, reason for for believing that and feeling that. Uh, what I think. The, the families who we work with and just the general advocates that we work with in general is uh, they have an opportunity to see that they their voice does matter and we help in providing them uh, campaigns and coordinating with a few and other individuals in order to bring about change. And so when you see that and you believe that your voice doesn't matter, um, that, uh, nobody cares uh, and then being able to make have lawmakers sit down and listen to you or, or advocate for a bill and see it pass um, is, is really inspiring. And I've seen a spark um, in many of the parents that we work with go from just learning and, and being able to write a letter to the editor, which is a small constituent submitted article, mm -hmm. to, to moving up and now being on, on a national board because they, they know that they have their, their perspectives important yeah. and we will, we will help in, engage with people wherever they are. So um, if somebody has English uh, an ability to speak English fluently, we'll work with them and help them and still sharing their story um, or literacy issues or um, whatever it may be, because we know that if, if you are living in poverty and you are benefiting from or, or need these programs, you understand what's working and what's not, and that centering that that perspective is essential for for creating and uh, sustainable solutions that can help kids thrive. Yeah, and systemic change as well. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think that it's really going above and beyond and and putting 
you know, the, the needs of the children, of the families, of, of everybody that, that SCAN interacts with above everything else, really what separates you from other nonprofits? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of great partners uh, who are doing this work at the state and federal level. So I, I'm very mindful and appreciative of that. Mm -hmm. I think a, a niche that we provide is um, we are come at this as organizers. And so we know how to take that content, talk about those issues and, and work with, with uh, groups that are um, impacted or with, with early learning and child nutrition but then being able to, um, as political operators, move forward campaigns throughout the legislature, as well as uh, through the ballot box. Uh, so uh, Save the Children Action Network, SCAN, we are both a 501c3 and a C4. So that means we're a nonprofit, but we're also have the ability um, to endorse candidates. And so we help reelect um, lawmakers who we see are champions for children. Um, last year, we supported through independent expenditure campaigns, the reelection of two Democrats, the, the governor of New Mexico and the governor of Colorado, and then a Republican, a governor of Idaho, um, all of which have different approaches to helping kids, but they all have our, the shared commitment on moving things forward and have um, done made policies move forward that did make a difference in their first term. So we are happy to help them in their second. Um, so that's, I think we, unlike many of our partners, um, we have the, the dual benefit of more political campaigning expertise, as well as uh, the ability to um, endorse and, and help reelect uh, lawmakers who keep true to their word and true, keep to their commitment. Yeah. I think you raised a really great point talking about how polarized the political atmosphere is right now. So talk to me a little bit about how in your role, you've been able to, you know, continue to grow engagement despite kind of, you know, the, the atmosphere out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, regardless of where one sits on, on the political spectrum, we all have kids in our lives. Um, and uh, I'm not saying that the, the policy solutions and approach is going to be the same, but there is there are shared principles. Um, and I think as an organization, we have done a good job um, and and really strive to to be a bridge builder. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, some of the policies when you're working on, they might associate with one political party over the other, but in reality, um, we know that there's. There's a huge economic interest. There's a national security interest. There's a humanitarian and, and just mm -hmm. compassionate interest mm -hmm. in helping kids in our in our community thrive. I mean that their success determines our future success, um, and it really it's the best investment we can make as a country. Um, so, what we do is we we engage not only. The advocates where they are, but the lawmakers where they are, and find ways to to bring the message home and and to connect them with their constituents so they see that this is important in their community. Um, but then also to to educate them on uh, how access to high quality early learning improves high school graduation rates. It improves that child's uh, future um, career path and their wage earnings over a lifetime. And it, it decreases the likelihood that they'll have teen pregnancies mm -hmm. um, and or be arrested for a violent crime. So it's it's not, it's a, a great investment. Some uh, 
some analysis, one most recently by uh, uh, Professor Heckman, suggests that there's a 13 to one um, uh, ROI, return on investment. For every dollar we invest um, in early child education, we get $13 back um, by reducing the cost of special ed and, and services that the kids might need later on in life, uh, improving the odds that they graduate, um, and also that they, they're able to, when they start their kindergarten education, they're on, they're ready to learn and they're not already behind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, um, a fun fact about me, I was a school social worker for several years. Um, and I have, I have my MSW. So the importance of, you know, investing in the children is, is something that is certainly, you know, not, not lost on me. And that was a big sure. part of my role is talking about advocacy and saying, you know, no matter where you come from, you know, no matter what, what zip code, what, what, you know, walk of life you come from, socioeconomic status, what, what, you know, political background, it's so important that you put the children first, um, because they are the future. And, you know, there, there is a very strong correlation between, you know, early childhood education, um, and, you know, the, the, the school to prison pipeline, it's, you know, it's, it's statistically proven. Um, so kind of being able to invest in the children, I think is so important in the work that you're doing. So, you know, you, I, I did some research obviously on you guys. So you guys have a big summit coming up, um, in July, correct? That's correct. Yeah. We'll be bringing advocates from across the country to Washington, DC. Um, we do this annually as a way to, uh, provide training. And so advocates will come, will, the, the three different constituency groups that we just mentioned will, will all come and convene. Uh, we will have uh, two days where they'll hear from policy experts as well as people who have lived experiences. Um, and then they will also hear from our government relations team and we'll train them on how to have effective conversations with lawmakers. And on the third day, we will um, go and we'll have a, a, a lobby day We'll have hundreds of meetings with uh, lawmakers uh, talking about uh, an essential issue right now, which is our biggest campaign. And that's to uh, ensure that when we renew, we authorize the farm bill, which is a piece of legislation that deals with everything nutrition related, that we don't lose sight of and that we preserve and ideally expand uh, funding for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, also known as STAMP or food stamps. Um, as it is a, a lifeline for, for many families, but especially uh, families who have uh, young children mm -hmm. and access to, to that nutrition will, will determine the, their health and development as well as their ability to concentrate and, and learn in school. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, w when I was a school social worker again, um, the, the food, then the food stamps, um, the food act is so important and school nutrition is, is so crucial because, you know, if you're sitting in class and you can't, think of, you know, when you're going to eat next, how are you supposed to focus on like learning, you know, simple mathematics or things like that? And you want to talk about like behavior issues, all of that. I digress. Um, you're, you're hitting a spot in me, Ryan, you're hitting a spot in me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, I think that's, you know, it's a great, it's a great um, piece of legislation that, you know, that, that scan is backing. So what else, you know, is, is scan currently backing? Like what else has the organization achieved and achieved that you've seen? Sure. Yeah, I mean, last year in Congress, we were helpful in reauthorizing the Maternal Infant and Early Childhood Home Visiting Program, also known as McBee, and that allows for a voluntary service that allows for a, a, a nurse or somebody who can provide uh, assistance if a, a child has developmental issues at an early stage um, from prenatal, even like uh, 
helping helping mothers with with prenatal care before they give birth. Uh, so it's it's a completely optional program, but it, by the funding that comes through that can really make a difference and help children um, get diagnosed early on and get the supports and services that they need so that that they don't have a further delay when they enter the K-12 system. Um, we also have played a big role in, in moving forward state policies. So um, last year we, we helped expand full day kindergarten in Idaho. Uh, we helped expand universal school meals in Colorado. Uh, we, even at the local level, um, our organization plays a role. Um, we've, we've renewed uh, levy in, in Washington state um, at, at King County uh, to help uh, children from birth to 23 and just th that childhood development and supporting the expansion of the Seattle preschool program, which allows for, for Seattle residents to have free or reduced price pre-K. So we engage um, at every level of government and uh, um, really find where there's opportunities to advance policies that can help kids. Yeah, no, that's crucial. Do you think, you know, kind of pivoting a little bit, talking about common misconceptions, I know you're working on so many great and amazing things. Do you think sure. one of the biggest misconceptions is that like, maybe just like one voice doesn't matter? What What would you say the biggest misconception is? Yeah, uh, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I, I think the biggest misconception in this line of work is that we as the individual do not have the power to affect change. Um, and I, I mean, I, I said it before, I, I understand and, and resonate with many of the reasons why people might feel apathetic about political advocacy, mm -hmm. um, especially those who have faced systemic barriers to civic engagement. Um, but when, when thinking about this question, uh, I'm reminded of a quote that is often said by the founder of SCAN, Mark Shriver, who is of the Kennedy Shriver family. He, he often, when, when asked by advocates uh, about why should I care or my, the power, what power do I have, he would quote Margaret Mead and the, the quote is, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And, and really, I think politics boils down to one word and that's power. Mm -hmm. And we as voters ultimately have the power, um, even if we understand that it's David and Goliath kind of situation sometimes. Um, but we work with advocates to, to teach them skills and create opportunities and connect them with like-minded people mm -hmm. so that that small group um, it relatively can, can make a big difference. Uh, and we've seen that happen time and time again. Um, so that, that's our focus is to, to change the power dynamics and to give people the opportunities to, to speak truth to power on behalf of their kids and families. Yeah. So if people wanted to go to learn more, where would they go to learn more about, about, you know, scan to learn more about how they can get involved? Where would they, where would they go? Sure. Yeah. So the, the best place to visit would be um, save the children action network.org. So that's one, uh, one word altogether. Um, you can also just uh, Google scan um, and we'll, we'll come up and uh, please follow up, reach out if you have any questions. Uh, taking actions, even if it's just a, a quick action alert here and there, is a great way to add your voice um, and to join our movement to, to help kids survive and thrive. That's fantastic. Ryan, as we wrap up this conversation, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, you know, either about, you know, the Save the Children Action Network, any of the, you know, the current 
um, you know, pushes or, or focuses that, that Save the Children's Action Network has? Anything that you want to leave, leave our listeners with? Yeah, only that uh, you can help make a difference. Uh, we have trainings and, and support people just who might have very limited capacity, but knowing how to use their social media channels to, to make a difference and to join campaigns. So I, I highly encourage you to, to check out the website, um, to, to reach out, and uh, we're happy to work with anybody, regardless of your, your political ideology, uh, regardless of uh, um, your age, your experience in these issues, because uh, your voice matters. And uh, together we can truly move forward this movement to help kids um, have their full potential um, by the time they enter kindergarten. Fantastic. Well, Ryan, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate you, you know, breaking down all of the great initiatives and the great, you know, pushes that that Save the Children's Action Network is behind, all the legislation, all of the training that you're doing on the back end to support, you know, the 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 Gen Z or the teenage population, you know, working with working with, you know, uh, the 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 volunteer leadership program and then, you know, family engagement as well. I think it's fantastic. And I really appreciate you uh, being on Business Ninjas today. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.